another episode of Glowing Weak Point. It's year four! We made it! Four years! Four more years! Four, um, and, uh, it's season ten. I'm your host as always, John. With me as always, Ronaldo. Um, you know, we are not allowed to chant like that just because of where we're <laughs> geographically located. Um, uh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come Below off the as Mace a joke. Dixon line. <laughs> it just comes off as a belief. <laughs> I didn't say who gets four more years. Um, hi, I'm Wombat. I'm technically a host of this podcast. It doesn't always feel like it, but hi, John, what's your what glowing do you mean weak it point? It doesn't feel like that. <laughs> No, 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 we gotta go back. What 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 are you talking about? John, you introduce the podcast every time. Every single uh, time. I always have. I always have. <laughs> no, we used to like go back and forth with it. I don't think so. No, we did. There would be days where I would say, like, okay, John, I'm gonna start it today. And then the next week you'd be like, I'm starting it today. And then eventually it just became you started every day. Yeah, I, I win. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, is I win, and you're also here. Not every social interaction is a win-or-lose game, John. <laughs> yes, yes it is. It's really yes, not. Yes, it is, and, and I have won. And you've won. You have won the podcast. It's yours, John. Uh-huh. Is <laughs> Shit. Do I have to edit now? <laughs> yes, please. Oh, God. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so podcast is over. I'm glad you all enjoyed it for its run. We made it for three years. I was actually going to say, maybe it would come out on time then. (laughs) Probably, if it came out at all. Right. Uh, My glowing weak point. Well, I mean, a lot's happened since the, the last time we've done this. It's it's been a long break. It has. It's been a wonderful break. It's it's been really nice to have the break. Yeah. Um <laughs> I did a lot of shit. Uh, it was good. A lot of shit. Okay. Yeah. Played a lot of games. Uh, I I also have shit a lot. Um TMI. I, uh, speaking of, speaking of I've been sick for 90% of 2024 <laughs> so far. So, that's, so that's great. A, that's a very John thing to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Between between the my wife and I, I think maybe one day where we both weren't sick. 11 days into the year. You're, you've got a great track record going. Keep it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I want it to be like ninety five percent of the year. You come in at, at on, on New Year's Eve saying like ninety five percent of the year, me or my wife spent sick. That's. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want, want that to happen to you, that. John. I really don't. Uh, but it would be yeah, a very some, you thing. Got some fun things for Christmas. I got some some. Uh, some nice things like I've I got the um, a set of pasta rollers, so I can like make spaghetti and Ooh. raviolis and stuff. Yeah, 
Uh, I don't have the right flower to do any of that, and uh, I um, there's a haven't really felt. Yeah, you, you gotta have double O flower for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just use all purpose. It's not right. <laughs> it doesn't. It's it, it's not the right type of flower. Too gluteny. Specialty flour um, for our pasta. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a I got a Savannah Bananas baseball cap. So that's that's pretty cool. I I like the Savannah Bananas. Oh, who? They're a great baseball team. Oh, the Savannah Bananas. Okay. Um, they're I've never heard of them. I think they're they're just about the most popular baseball team in the world right now. What? Like, I don't know if they're quite there, but just about. There's no way that's true. Yeah. Because they don't... Think think of them as the Harlem Globetrotters okay. for baseball. Alright. Except, except, with one caveat. They actually play baseball. Whereas the Harlem Globetrotters did not play basketball. They, they did a show, you know? They did a show. It, it, it's like going and, out and to they, the theater, right? Like, Yes. But, but different from, like, how wrestling and MMA, like, wrestling is, is all a show, but they actually do beat the shit out of each other. Um... Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters went out there and did not actually play by any of the rules of basketball. There was a lot of double but, dribbling. I'll, I'll, I'll say boy, that. Boy, could they handle the ball. <laughs> like, man, they, they, they could handle that ball. They just didn't use it to play the game the ball is named after. So, <laughs> whereas, whereas the Savannah Bananas play a mean game of baseball and also are incredibly amusing while doing it. Um, the co- They play the Coastal Plain League's West Division? They used to. They're, they're now... They don't, they don't play any of the... Oh, now, now they are the whole Harlem Globetrotters. They are entirely exhibition <laughs> games people. Yes, they are exhibition games, but they do still play the game. <laughs> they don't make up their own rules and shit. Uh, I mean, they they do have some rules that are additive on top of baseball rules, but they don't remove any of the baseball rules. I see. Um, also, they've won championships. The yep. That's that's crazy. I mean, there's a there's a. There's a lot of former major leaguers that are in the team. Um, Games are yeah, won by points uh, instead of runs. The team that scores the most runs yeah. in an inning gets one point. Yeah. Batters can't it's, step it's all... out of the batter's box. Batters can't bunt. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I I'd say, you know, Christmas was was great. I enjoyed it. I also really enjoyed people getting the gifts that I made. So, I spent way way too much time working on my brother's gift, which was a uh uh a tri-dimensional chess set. 
that's accurate to what every version of the rules. Um, it's Star Trek chess. Okay. Yeah, the the one Spock and Kirk play. It's really hard to make a board that actually functions all of the ways. Because, like, little weird sticking up attack boards are also supposed to be able to invert and go underneath the board. And most sets don't allow for that. So, took a lot of work to figure that out. What the um, fuck am I looking at? It's got the same number of spaces as a uh, regular chessboard. Same number of pieces. But they're like moving up and down. Except you could do weird (laughs) shit with it. (laughs) Yeah. Is it actually possible to play this game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It is. Have you? There's... No. no. I'm bad at at regular chess. Why why do you think I would be any good at at tri-dimensional chess? I want to see Magnus Carlsen play three-dimensional chess. I would also... And it's not three-dimensional chess. It is tri-dimensional chess. My bad. the appropriate name for it. Um, I looked up tri-dimensional chess, chess and the Wikipedia for it is three-dimensional. Yeah. It's it's wrong. Okay. Because there is also three-dimensional chess, which uses a 8x8x8-cube uh, board. Um, oh, I see. The Wikipedia was labeled three-dimensional because it's talking about all versions of it. When it gets to the Star yeah. Trek one, it talks about tri-dimensional. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, so, so Sonia, what's your glowing weak point? Um, my glowing weak point is also Christmas-related. Uh, you know, I went out yeah. three days in a row uh, from, like, Christmas Eve Eve to Christmas Eve okay. to Christmas Day. All three of those days out of the house. First day, went yeah. to uh, Cadence's cousin's house. Had a had a big Christmas party there. I I got along really well with her uh, drunk cousin, so <laughs> <laughs> she was she was crazy drunk, um, <laughs> but it was fun. Okay. Um, the next day we went to uh, another a, a grandmother's house and had a very boring Christmas Eve. Um, not much to say there. Okay. And then Christmas gotcha. Day, we went to her mom's house and and had a small gathering there. So that was all good. Yeah. Um, but my big, my big glowing weak point that I wanted to talk about is John dies at the end, John. <laughs> have, okay. have you ever watched that movie slash read that book? I have not. I've, um... I almost picked it up earlier this year, so I was like, oh, "I could, I could read that," but then I didn't. So okay, so the movie has long been like one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, it came out in twenty twelve. Since then, I've probably watched it like ten times. Wait, wait, no, this is the one. Yes, no, I have read this book. You have. 
Okay. Yes, so, I have read this book. So I, I, I watched this movie for so long, and then I, I was like, I'd like to read the book. I kind of don't want to spend the money getting the book, but I'd like to read the book. So I asked for it for Christmas, and I got it. Um, and then I sat down and read it in the space of, like, two days. And it's a pretty thick book. So to get that yeah. kind of, like, energy from me, it was a very good book. Just It is a very good book. It's like... Yeah. Honestly, I was thinking about it afterwards, and it's kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the, like, nonsense plot. We're just kind of drifting from point to point kind of way, right? Yeah. But it doesn't piss me off in the same way that Hitchhiker's Guide does. (laughs) It feels like there is ultimately a purpose to everything that's happening. And also, it's... And, and I mean, Hitchhiker's Guide is also this, but it's also—it's uh, always funny, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, yeah. it's always funny, but it it stays interesting, which I think is the big difference. And it, it doesn't smell like Jason Pargin's ass in the same way that Hitchhiker's Guide smells like Douglas Adams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a, just a phenomenal book. So good that I fucking went out immediately and bought the second book afterwards and read through that in the span of two days. So how is it? Cause I have not read any of the sequels. Um, the sequel is not as good. Um, it starts out phenomenal, phenomenally. Like the first quarter of the book is as good as the first book. Um, and then it kind of dies down for a little bit because it's jumping from character to character, showing like, this is what yeah. John is doing. This is what Amy is doing. Um, and that wasn't as interesting to me. But once we like fully rejoined Dave, uh, it, it picked back up and it ended on a high note. Okay. Yeah. But, like still very good. It's much more of a book than John dies at the end. Which, in a lot of, like, light novel kind of ways, is very clearly cobbled together from years-long blog posts. You know? Yeah. It's much more of, like, a consistent narrative in that way. Have you seen the movie? Which movie? John Dies at the End. Yeah, I said I've watched it, like, ten times. Okay. Because I haven't, and it's got Clancy Brown in it, so... I, I'm assuming that it's awesome. Uh, which one is Clancy Brown? <laughs> um, he's the the deep voice. He, voice of uh, Krabs on Spongebob. He's the Kurgan in the Highlander. Oh, who uh, did... Oh, I, I need Sar- to look up Sergeant who he Sam played. in Starship Troopers. Clancy Brown. Oh, played Marconi. Okay, yeah. Marconi he's, he's, is in all Dr. of, like, Neo five Cortex minutes of the Crash movie. Bandicoot. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Marconi does not have the uh, kind of... Pre- which, he's not in that much of the book, either. But he's in less of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, the movie is, like, very, very condensed. Yeah, you read the book. The book takes place over the course of like probably two years or something. 
Um, yeah, a long time. And yeah. a lot happens in that time. Uh, the movie takes place over maybe two days, and it's basically like the first quarter of the book with a couple of parts cut out, and then like the end of okay. the book condensed. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously like a bunch of characters combined into each other. Like there is no Jennifer Lopez in the movie. It's just Amy all the way through. Lame. <laughs> I mean, it's what you have to do to make an hour and a half movie out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. We can move on now. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, next up is the games that we've played. Yep. Um, oh, it looks like you've I've actually... Played... Oh, no. You don't have quite as many as I do. Because one of <laughs> no. yours is taking up three lines. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so, why don't you uh, start with Octopath Traveler? Okay. Uh, Octopath Traveler is a game that I got for Christmas, um, and I've already poured over 30 hours into it. Oh, shit. You know what? I forgot. The two. Ah, see, that's, that's, that's important, because I was like, you played an old game? You got an old game for Christmas? No, I got Octopath Traveler 2, and I realized I forgot that because I was about to say... It is better than the first game in every single way. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, the combat is very similar. I, it's been so long since I played the first one. If there is, like, a major difference in the combat, I can't remember it. It feels the same. It's all, like, find out what your enemy's weakness is, uh, then focus in on its weakness until its shield breaks, and then unload damage onto them, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. It's it's cool. It's great. Um, but the the big difference with Octopath Traveler 2 is, first of all, almost all of the stories feel like they have some kind of stakes. Like, they, they all feel meaningful in some way. Where the first game, fully half of them were no stakes. Like, at all. Even once you did the three side quest bullshit to unlock the true final boss and all of the stuff kind of tied together, um, you could have lived without half of the cast, uh, or, or at least their stories, you know? Yeah. Um, Octopath Traveler 2 doesn't really have that, except for Agnia. Agnia sucks. I mean, she doesn't suck. She kind of sucks. Her story sucks. <clears throat> Like, she's just a small-town dancer looking to make it big in the world. Just a small-town girl. And that is it. That is her story. <laughs> I've done her chapter two. Her chapter two is she goes to the big city, and then she dances at a small tavern, and then she gets harassed by a man by the manager of the big theater, and she has to go tell him to stop it. <laughs> and that's the that story. Sounds... Really fucking lame. <laughs> but everybody else, like, my protagonist is the apothecary, Casty. And Casty wears the outfit of, of a group called Heirs Apothecaries, who are being slandered all across the world. 
because uh, like something happened and it's been turned into heirs apothecaries, like straight up murdered a whole village. But we don't know what happened because Cassie has lost her memories. And so she's on a quest to find her, find out who, who she was, who heirs apothecaries were and what she should be doing now. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and other characters include like Hikari, who's the prince of a kingdom, but his brother betrayed him and murdered their father in order to keep, keep the warmongering of the nation going where Hikari wanted to like lead them into a time of peace. Uh, there's a typical <laughs> there's the scholar Oswald whose wife and child were brutally slaughtered five years before and he he breaks out of prison and is on the uh, on a quest for revenge against his his friend who murdered them um yeah so so like most of them are more interesting than Agnia's <laughs> uh well that's good and then finally, the first game had the other characters interact with each other, basically not at all. Um, and at about the 28-hour mark, uh, I unlocked a chapter where two of the characters went through a story together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So so they've actually got some some mingling between the stories this time. Which it was desperately needed because the first game very much felt like eight separate stories that I had to walk between, right? Yeah. And the second game feels a lot less like that. So, oh, and there's a day, there's a day night cycle now. So where the first game had like one thing that a character could do in town. Now they all have two things depending on what time of day it is. And and so now while there is some overlap, like in the first game, you had a merchant and a thief. And they basically did the same thing, except the thief got it for free. But had to be a certain level in order to steal it, whereas the merchant could just buy it whenever. Right? Like, yeah. like they essentially do the same thing. But now, with the day-night cycle, there are certain characters that only appear at day, some characters only appear at night, uh, and, and so party members who have, like, like overlapping stuff, it's, <clears throat> it's a lot more useful when it's like, like, oh, well, this person can study people and find out about, like, hidden items mm. during the day, and this mm-hmm. other one can do it at night. So, so while there is still overlap, they, they fixed the problem of like, this character is just better at doing the thing. You know, (laughs) if you have the level on your thief, why wouldn't you just steal it? Right? Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. It's a good game. I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, next up, tell me about Hollow Knight, which was the game you were supposed to play. It was your yeah backlog game, and I've put like two hours into it. Um, okay, 
my issue with Hollow Knight is that it's kind of too good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's got a reputation, no. right? Yes. <clears throat> it, it's got this... It definitely has a reputation. It's got this reputation as being, like, one of the best Metroidvanias out there. And so it's kind of like... Well, why do I want to play this game that I just know is perfect? Which is a, a crazy fucking thought, right? But it is kind of what, like where my mind goes. I don't know of any flaws that this game has. Why do I want to play just like a perfect piece of piece of art? <laughs> why wouldn't you? <laughs> because straight up, why wouldn't hold, you? Hold on, like. <laughs> One of the anime we've been watching is Shangri-La Frontier, right? And we both talked about how how much it gets us as gamers. And one of the ways that it gets me in particular is that I want to play stuff that is, like, flawed. Not stuff that's just, like, straight bad, but I, I do want to play the stuff that isn't just, like, perfect. So I was hesitant to go into Hollow Knight, is, is, is the point. Um... Okay. And I'm happy to say that there is a flaw. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so uh, th- say say your final piece before the uh, the hordes of Hollow Knight fanatics <laughs> destroy you. Right. So I don't know if this will be the case going forward, like, into other areas, but... I, I finished out the main, the, the first area. It's like the Forgotten Crossroads or whatever. I've done everything I could there. I got the uh, magic attack ability that allows me to go to the next area, which is this like jungle cave section. Um, and you follow the character Hornet through there. And, and where I'm saved right now is right before her boss battle. Um... I got the shit kicked out of me the first time, and I didn't have a nearby save. Uh, and and so I had to go through the area having lost all of my money, which was like 500 whatever you fucking call it. Uh, <clears throat> Don't know. Haven't played. Yeah. And, and, and get back to where I was, and then look around for a save point, and then at that point I stopped, and I haven't gone back since. But <clears throat> she kicked my ass the first time. Okay. Um, but that whole area, there's no map. But, like, it's several rooms that I had to go through. Confusing rooms, if I'm being honest. And there was no map. And it's a Metroidvania. So I was expecting to find the map or find a person who sold the map. But, like, I looked around, and I couldn't find it. So, that's huh. that's the flaw I'm going to give the game, is it? it's taking way too long to give me my next map. Uh, it, it should be before the boss fight of the area, I think, in a Metroidvania. I wonder if it's just, like, right in front of you, and you just missed it. That's totally possible. But I don't feel like it's true because I got very lost and ha- wandered the same rooms like several times, right? So I think I would yeah. have found it. <laughs> yeah, but I also would have expected you to figure out how to play Mindustry. And, 
That didn't Listen, happen, I just, so. uh, that's a confluence of it being a little bit confusing and me not actually caring that much. <laughs> uh. That came about by those two factors combined. I admit my part in it, but it also didn't super explain itself very well. <laughs> Anyway, John, well, tell me about um, one of yours. Tell me about Ultima 2. You've still got that on your list. And it's super grayed out because I didn't play it this time. I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to write it down every time. Um, uh, Mugsters. Mugsters. Because that's the uh, the parallel to your Hollow Knight. Okay. Um, I, I played Mugsters. It d- had no idea what I was getting into going into it because I pulled the game out of my ass. Um out of your ass? It's it's yeah, it's it's one of those um free with Twitch games. So I just go through and I say, "Yes, I want these games because they're free." Fuck it. Uh and don't actually look at them at all. And then uh yeah, it's actually kind of a fun game. It's a Mostly top down. It's I guess it's technically like three quarters top down. You're you're at an angle, but it's it's all from above. Isn't that isometric? It no, it's not isometric. Okay, isometric is is very fixed vision, whereas like you can you can rotate this and all sorts of stuff. I see. Yeah. Um. But it is a, it's a physics game. You you run around with your little dude and you uh, get in cars and drive them around and crash through walls and throw f- flaming barrels at things to explode them and and also you're you're trying to collect a couple of things. You're you're trying to collect. Uh, these little crystals that just are hidden throughout the map, as well as people. So aliens have taken over the planet, and you have to go around and release them from their uh, matrix canisters. Um, So it's kind of like a a little bit zombies ate my neighbors. Yes, except there's not actually a whole lot of combatants at least at the level of game i played at i mean maybe in like the second or third world there might be more right but in the beginning it's mostly just like you fail because you you drove the car off the ramp and uh didn't aim it right so now you flew into the ocean and are just dead now (laughs) (laughs) or uh you 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 threw that barrel uh a little too close to your face. And uh, now you're dead. Um, but it's... There's there's a lot of little things in, in even just the, the few maps I played in. There was... There was different vehicles. You, you finish each level by getting into a plane and flying off. But, like, it's not just you press E next to the plane and then it goes. You actually fly the plane off. So the first time I, I beat the first level, well, the first time I played the first level, I got the everything. Like, I destroyed the, the evil alien radar place. 
I uh, successfully got the human out of their canister. I found the two crystal thingies. We got in the plane. Uh, I drove it off the edge of the island and straight into the water, and we both died, and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh. Oh, okay. I... That happened. I fucked this up. <laughs> I may have fucked up. Oh, may, mayn't you have? May, I mayn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it was it was a lot of fun. It's it's pretty simple, but it's really well developed. It's published by Team Seventeen, so they know how to do destructible terrain and stuff. It's the team behind Worms. Worms? So, oh, wait, pretty, the, pretty the ones game. where you play, like, the worms that shoot at each other? Yes, the okay. Worms games. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it took me a minute to remember Anyways. what the fuck that was. Tell me about Astlibra Revision. This is a weird game, right? Most of the ones you play are. It's a cool game, but it's weird. Um, so, it's a JRPG, like an action JRPG. Uh, 2D action JRPG. Um. Okay. It's... It's weird. It's in... It's got, like, Final Fantasy IX blood in there too, with the uh, the equipment system. So like you you buy equipment, which you have to both buy and make. You have to have materials and money in order to get equipment. Um, and then you equip the equipment, and then when you've used it sufficiently, you master the equipment, and that gets you a new skill. <clears throat> and sometimes okay. also. The magic crystals that allow you to equip skills. So it's a constant, like, can I buy new equipment? Uh, what does this equipment get me? Is this equipment worth keeping on? Or should I switch to this other thing that's, like, technically yeah. worse but might get me a new skill, right? Um, yeah. And also the story is weird. Like, the game opens, and you're, like, a little kid running away with another, like, little girl. It's a little boy and a little girl. You're the boy. And then you get attacked... Your your town is getting attacked by demons. And then you wake up, and the girl is gone, and you're in, like, a hut with a crow. A talking crow. And then you and the crow just kind (laughs) of live in this hut for a while. Because you try leaving through the forest, and it's just like like no way, right? Like you you lose your way immediately. Um, so they live in that hut for a while, but eventually they do leave, and then they walk through the forest for eight years until finally they come out at a place that might have human civilization. Um. But then the whole chapter one that you're doing, like like a, a girl asks you uh, to to go into the cave and find her dad who went into the cave looking for an herb to cure her sister. 
And then once you finally do that, which it's the kind of game where, like, you go into the cave and then you kill some enemies and you level up a little bit and then you get your ass kicked and then you leave and you buy new equipment and you you go back in, rinse and repeat, do that until you can finish it out. Once you finally do that, you find the dad and he's a skeleton. And then you leave and the whole town is actually not there. It's just a whole bunch of fucking burnt-out houses. And then you meet up with a guy who takes you to the city. And he's like, yeah, that town was never there. (laughs) That that town hasn't been inhabited for as long as anyone remembers. Sounds trippy. Right. And and that's... uh, And then I go to the second area of the game... Um, after the city, in the city, you you sign up to a guild, and the guild is like, "Hey, uh, th- that guy you were with, he went out to deliver this package to some old people, but he hasn't come back. So here's the same package. Get it to the old people. Come back." And you do that, and and, and then every single time you try to leave, the their dog is like, "No, come back." And then you have to go back to their fucking hut. It, it happens like three times, John. I, I, I cannot stress enough how annoying it was to get to the point where I was almost out of the area and then to see the fucking dog there again telling me that I have to go back to the old couple. Fun. And that's where I'm at right now because the old couple got kidnapped by goblins. And so I've teamed up with the dog, who's also a talking dog, we've learned in order to save them. Uh, it sounds like you're having a great it's time. An awesome, so it's an awesome you. game. It sounds ludicrous to describe it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. I will agree with that. Both, both the story and the way in which the game operates. Ugh. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll talk about another one of mine. Um, I also played Puzzle Trail. This one will not take long to describe. Uh, is it a trail this of puzzles? This is not puzzles? a video game. No, it's, it's not a video game. It's a board game. Oh. It is, in fact, a puzzle that is a game. So there's a central piece. When, once the puzzle is finished, it's... Like, one piece with, like, four little trails leading off of it. And it is a puzzle. They're, they're, they're puzzle pieces. Um, it's, like, it, it looks a little bit like a uh, uh, a chakram. Or, or the uh, like, a throwing star, maybe. Hold up. I'm looking it up. <laughs> Let's see what this fucking looks like. Be amazed if you find this. Okay, th- third third option down. Puzzle Trail. Uh, Is it by Green, Green Tree, Tree Puzzles? Puzzles. Yeah. 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 So so it looks like that. Um, the way it works is you've got that piece in the middle, and every player has a little piece, the one of the round end pieces, and you have to build your picture all the way to 
the uh, middle and attach it there. And whoever attaches it there first wins. So it's a racing game where you're trying to find the next piece to, to put it in. All the pieces fucking look exactly the same. I mean, I, I, I know that there's clearly some differences on there, but also there's not when you're looking at these tiny pieces. <laughs> oh, are, are they smaller than their uh, picturing on, on the image? I mean, if you pull the image up pretty close, then no, that's that's pretty accurate. I mean, the, the pieces are, like, a pin cap or smaller. Like, like a, like a, a blue Bic cap or smaller. Um, also, uh, aside from the images, every single, um, like, you could take a one of those trails and place it on top of the another trail and it perfectly matches it because the pieces are the same. So the like once once you have your your first piece there, any of the starting pieces for any of the the paths can go there next. And like you could build other people other people's paths into your own thing it's just it's wrong but you can do it to screw with them or yourself like you can you can secretly put one of somebody else's pieces into somebody else's um puzzle to fuck with them because then the they're building off of it and if you point it out then they have to remove all of the pieces back to that point wow or or if you know, because you can't take pieces from other people's trails, you can just put them on there. You can, uh, you could take a piece you know someone needs, and if you haven't found yours yet, you could just put it in your spot. And, <laughs> and then they can't do anything until you find your piece. Um, <laughs> but the, it's a, a really clever idea for a game that was very infuriating to play because, like I said, the pieces, there's not enough detail on them to really suss out which one's right. Especially because since it's just a little trail, it's not like, all right, I've got this part of the thing, now I'm just looking for this next piece next. Because it's just... <laughs> the the thing that's important like the one I got is uh, hummingbirds so each piece has just like a little bit of a um, wing on it but it's not like oh I'm, I'm gonna build the rest of the wing no the wing bisects it so you, you build like a section of wing and then the rest of the wing is not in the puzzle it's to the sides of the puzzle where there isn't actually a puzzle. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to pass on this one. <laughs> I won, though, so. Uh, so good it's, for you. it's all good. Yeah, uh-huh. All right, tell me about the sexy brutal. Is that... See, I haven't decided whether to pronounce it brutal or brutali. Uh, I would I would say brutal. Okay, well, the sexy brutal 
was I thought like a a murder mystery game with time travel. Uh, it's not at all that. I mean, there is time travel. You you keep resetting the same day over and over again to twelve o'clock. But what you're trying to do is uh, so everybody in the mansion keeps getting murdered by the staff. Uh, okay. And and so what you're doing is you're resetting the day so that you can like uh, explore around, listen in on people, watch what happens. And then, like, find the way to stop that person from getting murdered. Um, and once you do that, then you you get their mask because everybody's wearing like a a, a mask, um, and the mask will unlock new powers for you that will allow you to then uh, move on and save the next person. Okay. Um. And it's a very interesting puzzle game. Uh, it, it, it explains itself very well, I want to say. it's. I looked up two things for the whole game. Um, and it was really the same thing. Okay. I, I It was the same puzzle twice that I had to look up. Okay. Because <laughs> it, yeah. it happens again in the next... Uh, like, there's an... Uh, uh, bleh. All right. There's a slot machine that has to be on uh, uh, set to like the sim the the heart symbol for one of the to solve one of the murders, right? To save the people. Okay. Um, and the arm for that machine is removed by staff, and you have to go and get it. Um, and it's put into a dumb waiter. <clears throat> and so when you stupid waiter, <clears throat> right? So I, I just I could not figure out this. Like, at all. I was running around all over the place, but I just... I guess I just never hit the timing correct to see the staff member remove the arm. So I just couldn't figure out what the fuck to do. So that was the first thing I looked up. Which is actually... It was, like, pretty near the end of the game already, actually. Um, And then... Okay. After you save them, you take the elevator they were trying to get into down into the basement and then there's another slot machine and because it had been like days between these two things you forgot what had happened i i forgot what had happened that it was in the dumb waiters so in the kitchen in the basement i should have gone to the dumb waiter to get the thing and i just it it just didn't even cross my mind so i had to look it up again (laughs) um but other than that like just exploring around and messing with the the powers that I was getting allowed me to solve the whole game. Okay. Yeah, it is very. It sounds like a good one. Yeah it it explained itself very well. Nothing felt too easy or too hard. Like even the one the, that one puzzle I had to look up, I kind of like slapped myself on the head and was like, "Oh, that makes sense," you know. Yeah. Um, Is it sexy? Not really. So, it's called that because that's the name of the mansion. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, 
uh, I beat the game, long story short, and ultimately, it's all a dream. That, uh, that's kind of lame. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's interesting in that, like, you're play, you're playing a character, but you're not that person. Like, spoilers, but, but, um, so what had happened was... <laughs> What what happened was got it yeah uh, so so the owner of the mansion the marquis I think uh, marquis sure I think either pronunciation is fine but no <laughs> no <laughs> sure you can think that but no I'll look it up later but I think I think either is fine um, but he. He was, like, broke, and he wanted to burn down the house for insurance money. And he was throwing a party for all of his friends, and the idea was, you know, you throw this party, and then you take all of your friends out to the courtyard, and and then at night, while they're all in the courtyard, you burn the house down. But he fucked up, and he set the timer on on the, the firebombs wrong. And so, in the middle of the day, while they were all in the house, the fires started. And so, he murdered all of his friends. Um, and and this, like, having the staff murder them over and over and over again is just, like, his way of paying penitence for that. And, and you solving the puzzles and, and, and saving them allows him gotcha. to be able to move forward with his life in his old age. Like he spent 40 years or something just like reliving the <laughs> this over and over and over again before finally let, like a part of him woke up and tried to solve it. <clears throat> so, it is interesting. It is a little bit lame that it was all a dream, but like I get it, you know. Okay. I get what's being said. And it's a fun game. I'll probably never revisit it, but only because uh, I don't think on a second playthrough there's anything there for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, alright. Well, we'll talk about the second to last game that I played, which is... Um... Yeah! You want those games, right? So here you go! Now let's see you clear them. Did you clear them? Uh, a lot of them, yeah, actually. <laughs> uh, I haven't haven't beaten it all completely yet, but uh, I, I have done a lot. Um, I, I also <laughs> let my wife play it a bunch, too, because she also wanted to play these games. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so is it actually a whole uh, bunch the, of like different games? Yeah, so the those games in question here are the mini games you see in mobile game ads. Uh, that, <laughs> nev- that that never actually exist. The ones that don't represent um, the game at all. Correct. <laughs> uh, so, uh, unfortunately, there's not all of them. I really wish there were all of like, or, or at least a few more of the the ones in particular. Like there's the the pin pulling game, where you you pull the pins out to to drop the coins 
not into the lava and, you know, make the the stone hit the wolf so that it won't kill you. So right. You jump across, that sort of thing. Um, that, that game is very easy for the most part, except it times you. So, like, if you want to get full stars on, on each level, you have to perform well. So that one, m- most of them, it's just you have to uh, do it fast enough. Um, so I mean, the, that makes sense are... because when you see them on like the ad pages or whatever, they look so incredibly easy. You know, like yeah. they're very obvious. So putting a yeah. timer on it makes sense. Yeah. So there's the pin pull game. There's the. Um, number matching uh fighting game where you like it's a bunch of towers and you have to drag your character over to the uh a enemy that has a number value less than yours um to defeat them because if you go above then they beat you that that one i haven't played too much but it's it's pretty fun uh, apparently there's bonuses later for like multiplying things so <coughs> we'll see about that when we get there there's a um traffic jam game where there's a parking lot full of cars and you have to direct them all out that game i think we're on the last two levels of of like 50 um, and it's just at a point where it's a giant parking lot filled with, like, completely filled with cars, and it just takes so long to do all of them that we don't you end get up bored. with enough, st- yeah. Well, you don't end up with enough stars. Uh, then the last two games are, there's Cash Run, which is actually not a game I've seen before. Um... It's it's one of those games where like you're walking forward and you have to grab things to make it across the gap. Uh, in this case, it's money. So you pick up money and then every time you click or press a uh, a key, you actually place money in front of you and you walk on that. <laughs> so like there's traffic cones which if you hit them you get hurt and you drop money. So you click to build a staircase to go over it. Or there's lava, so you're, like, clicking in midair to to put money down for you to walk on so you don't fall into the lava. And then there's there's things you can walk through that are like, oh, this one doubles whatever you've got, or this one halves what you have, so don't go through that one. Or um, this one is a gamble, and <laughs> you either lose 70% or gain 200%. Uh, and I have beaten that one. I, I just, I straight up have have gotten three stars on all of the levels. So. Okay. That one was, that one was actually pretty fun. Especially because I hadn't seen it before. And then the last one is Color Sword. Yeah, it's these which, vials, right? Yeah. It's, which it's, I swear it's I've just done that game before. But I can't remember. I'm pretty where. sure we played it. On, oh yeah, like, it was I'm definitely sure a mobile game that we played. Ones. Yeah, 
Because I had I had played it before we even did that. Like I I had bought the no ads thing for it years before that. But you know what? That one was at so. least like, like they were selling that game. That was the whole game. I remember that. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so uh yeah, it's it's fun. I was I was hoping for the like military one where you've got to run away from the zombies and and pick the right vehicle or weapon edition to survive, but it it, it just wasn't on there. So maybe they'll they'll do a a round two or maybe they'll do a update. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Tell me about Astral Ascent, then. Okay, uh, Astral Ascent, I haven't put much time into yet. Um, it's a game I kickstarted like, a long, long time ago. Uh, so long that I kind of forgot that I had kickstarted it until, like, they were getting ready to release it in December, and I was getting emails yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a roguelite, it's kind of like Dead okay. Cells, it, it, you've got like two abilities that you can do, right, like Dead Cells has the two weapons that you use, um, yeah. except one of them is four magic spells that you rotate through, so, and, oh, okay. yeah, th- that's an, that's a different thing about it. Um, and it's also got, like, unlockable characters. So, like, you start with a character called Isla, which, if you look at it, should be pronounced Ayla, but they can do what they want. Um, okay, A-Y-L-A, I'm guessing. Yeah, A-Y-L-A. I would pronounce that Ayla, but, you know. I also would pronounce that Ayla. Go, but... go off. She said Isla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Excuse me, that's not how your own name's pronounced. <laughs> right. Um, and then you get a second character right before you actually, like, start the game proper. Um. Okay. And I forget his name, because I haven't played with him yet. She uses, like, twin daggers, and he punches things. Uh, and then there's two other characters to unlock at some point. But, basically, it's, uh, you go through... Isla wants to kill the master... He's like the. Uh, what's the what's the bad guy in Mortal Kombat? Oh, um, M. Bison. No, no, like like uh... the 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 bad guy, right? Like there are bad guys in Mortal Kombat. But there's the guy who runs the tournament. He takes, like, all of the people from the different worlds and forces them to kill each other in Mortal Kombat, right? Shao Kahn? That guy. The master is basically Shao Kahn, except he's worse because when he goes and claims these heroes, he also completely devastates their world to find out whether or not they're the strongest people, right? Like, like, he lays gotcha. waste to yeah. their planets and, and until there's, like, five people left standing, and he's like, y'all are mine. And then he traps them in prison. And then he has people representing the Zodiac guarding them. So all of the bosses on the way to him <clears throat> are the Zodiac. So, like, the first one... 
who I've gotten so close to beating twice but haven't, is Taurus. Uh, yeah. And, and and You're struggling with me? What? I asked if you were struggling with me. Oh, are you a Taurus? I am, I think. Honestly, it, it asked me for my Zodiac, and I'm kind of hoping that when I get to Cancer, because I'm a Cancer, like, we'll just be like, oh, you're cool, and we'll just move on. But, uh... No, it'll just be twice as hard. Right? <laughs> That'll be the super boss. Whatever you chose. It'll just be, time for a boss rush and fight all of the other ones again. <laughs> but, um... Basically, it's like room progression. You cho- you go through a room, and then at the end, you choose what you want to do next. Whether it's an exploration room, which is you know like like you you explore like a larger area, or a fight room, which is uh, just like a small area where you fight three or four waves of enemies. And, and then there's also like quiet rooms where you just heal up. Yeah. And and you get rewarded with keys which can unlock like little bonuses along the way. Uh you get rewarded with quartz which helps you buy stuff in the area right before the boss. Um And then at the end of it depending on how much like once you die and and you come back to life in the the like main hub area you get rewarded with a whole bunch of uh, currency for that area based on how many enemies you killed. Yeah. Um, so it's... It feels good to play. It's a little awkward for me just because I'm not great at these kinds of games. But... I don't know. It's good. I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And lastly, Star Ocean Second Story R for you. Okay. We can knock this out quick because Octopath Traveler 2 has eaten up my JRPG time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I do have something to say about Star Ocean Second Story. And that is, I made a comment before that I... Thought they had improved the magic system so that it did not freeze time every time they cast one of their spells. The the spellcasters, right? Yeah. This is not entirely accurate. Um. So I I've reached the uh, uh reached and gone past the midpoint of the game. I now have my full cast of characters that I'm. Going to take with me to the end game. I picked up Chisato for my eighth character because I always pick up Chisato. Uh, and then I started getting the higher level spells for Leon and Celine. And they freeze time, <laughs> they stop the battle in its tracks, and that they completely freeze time. Nice. However, comma, there is a setting in the game that allows it to automatically skip the cutscene every time they cast one of these 
big spells. So, it will pause for like just a second as they start up the spell, and then it cuts to the very end and you're back into the action. Which is not exactly what I wanted, but it is so much better than it was before. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that, that's that's the big point I had. Um, okay. Also, just doing the private action straight, I really thought, or they might have changed the way that like affection works. Because I think, I think major battles are giving affection to between all of the characters who participated in it. So yeah, like like there are certain ba- basically anybody can have an ending with anybody else, right? Like if you want an ending between yeah. Claude and Ashton, that's totally a thing you can have. If you want an ending between Claude and Welch. Or Claude and Celine, like anybody, there is an ending for every pair of characters that exists. But okay. some of them are more like obvious than others, and the the game's private actions are weighted towards them. So, like Claude and Reina are basically all but an official couple, right? Like, yeah. In future games, the Kennys have blue hair. Because Claude married Raina. <laughs> but, like, ah, that's yeah. that's how official a couple they are. Um, uh-huh. And uh, Ashton and Priestess are kind of like an official couple kind of thing. Um, okay. It, it, like, their private actions are weighted so that you are most likely, if you don't, like, go out of your way to have Ashton be a dick to Priestess or something, right? Like, it is weighted so that if you do all the private actions, you are probably going to end up with the Ashton and Priestess ending if you have those two characters. Yeah. But with this new system, I'm finding that my characters are getting weighted towards... Ones that I wouldn't expect just because like, oh, well, I like playing with Chisato in my party. And so now suddenly uh, Celine and Chisato are, are just like the best of friends. And it's like you guys have basically no private actions together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that's interesting. And now I kind of have to play around around that if I want the endings that I want. But yeah. I'll work with it, you know? You'll figure it out. Yeah. Alright. Last thing on my list that I played was another thing that isn't a video game. This is Iron Sworn. Iron Sworn. A tabletop game. Oh. Yeah. You've been playing a tabletop a, uh, game? I, I played a tabletop game. Ooh. I started. I, I've, I'm one session in. How big of a group do you um, have? Two. Two. Is it just you and your wife? It is. Okay. Because this is a game, It it's, you can technically play it with a GM, but... You don't need to. The game is designed to be a solo game or co-op game. Oh. 
So you can just play it all by yourself if you want to, but I, I figured she would hate me if I did that, <laughs> uh, considering she's always wanting to play tabletop games, and I'm always not, because I have a very low opinion of most game masters. Damn. <coughs> Hold on, yeah. John, we have to we have to take a little digression here. What is your opinion on okay. game masters? Oh, no, no, I mean I mean like all the game masters that I've had. Like like I don't the the position itself is fine. It's uh um, No, but I I mean like it's, it's clearly you formed it. an opinion about the kind of person who is a game master, right? Based on your experience with the game masters you've had. So tell me about that. Uh, okay, I I mean it's not quite accurate, but but I I can I can say what my problems are at least. Okay. Um, the uh, factually, um, tabletop role playing games are a game where are, are games where everyone at the table works together to create a story. Um, the it's. It is a, it, it, the, the whole genre is just that. It is about everyone at the table working together to create a story. Yeah, That's true for old school D&D, which had tables upon tables that the, the DM was supposed to roll for and find out everything that was happening. And there wasn't a whole lot of, like, the heroes went forth to save the day. But the story was there in the webs between things. Um, you would roll dice and it would say that blah happens. And, and it was up to you as a table to explain how that fits into your narrative. Um, and a lot of that is on the, the, the DM to, to do the rolling and, uh, to frame things as they read them. So they could roll and be like, oh, a four, you know, it says four spiders pop out. Well, they could just say four spiders pop out. Or they could say, you know, you walk down the, the passageway and a trapdoor opens, dropping four giant spiders on you. It, one is a lot more evocative. But that's not the story. The story is that plus the players going, all right, how will we deal with this? Are we going to cast magic on them? Are we going to slice them with our swords? Or is the ranger going to try and befriend the giant spiders? Or is the bard going to try to fuck the giant spiders? <laughs> These are all options that can evolve from this, and that is what makes the story. All the way to today, the modern version of what people think tabletop role-playing games are and i feel like a lot of this has to do with the translation of DD from a game you play to a show you listen to the critical realization um, of of DD. yes yes um it is is the change from there being let's make a story to i wrote 200 pages of this world and a plot line for us to do. Y'all are going to travel through the plot line I made. <laughs> and, and that's, that's now the game is, uh, 
I'm I'm the DM, also known as an author, and please read my book. Okay, so what I'm getting here is you have a problem with um fuck. Like when you're actually playing the game, that's called that's called actual play now, right? And and yes, and then yeah. the, there's what you're talking about, which is called something different, but I can't remember the exact term for it. But that's what you have a problem with. Ac- actual play doesn't actually mean actual play though anymore, because I can <laughs> I can name at least one for sure. But there are also several others that that I, you know, I, I can't, I don't have the the full proof of. But but one for sure, actual play D and D podcast. Uh, it's it's like it's either the most or the second most popular on most podcast sites right now. And they they have a team of writers behind the scenes that come up with a storyline. Um. And and. You know, I I understand when you are setting up for a session, you do need to do some some backlog work of figuring out what this this next setting, what what this next session could potentially look like. But too often, uh, there there used to be uh, the the term was railroading. Is that the 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 GM or the DM would go? All right, I have this idea, and so I, you know, the this NPC needs to die at the end of this fight. That that's just like for the story to work, <clears throat> the NPC needs to die at the end of this fight. But then everybody rolls and... nat twenties and they kill the boss before it even gets an action. <laughs> yeah, so so like they'll do that. And and the, like, there's just no chance for the character to die, and so or they have a heart attack. They'll... Yeah, that, that's that's what'll happen. Yeah. Is, or 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 they'll be in the middle of a fight and they'll protect them, or the character will die, and they'll use their spells to resurrect them from the dead, or um, or the character will die. They don't have spells, so they completely derail the uh, the. <laughs> the story to go back to town to bring the body to a priest to get it risen. <laughs> those, those are all things that, like, if you have built a bond with the character, you're likely to do. Except uh, with railroading, it's like, alright, cool. Um, that guy dies. And it's like, alright, well, we save him. You know, we protect him. It's like, no, he's dead. Uh, I, I will find a way to make it so that he is dead dead. Um, <laughs> we want to take his body and, back to the uh, back to the town where we can revive him. Uh, he spontaneously bursts into flames. <laughs> yeah, he, he crumbles into dust and blows away in the wind. Because, uh, <laughs> like when you when you started talking about railroading, I was thinking, like, like there is an extent to which like that always happens, right? Like you want your characters to go west, right? But then they decide to go east. Yeah. And so you just say that the dungeon that was west is now east, and that's where they're going, right? Like, they're still going yes. to get where they need to be. That's a form of railroading, that is, yes. but that's fine. It is. But what you're talking about is absolutely not. <laughs> I, I will agree somewhat that that's fine, in that, like, you have a prepared resource and you want to use it. Um, 
the the difference is that story building is something you work on together. So a player might not want to go in the dungeon. That that might just not be the thing that they're interested in. They want to go to the city and work this out diplomatically. Right. Um and then there the D, the GM is like, "Well, I don't have that, so we're done." Or you're going in the dungeon. Or instead of working with them to figure it out, which is what the game used to be. And there's also uh, like school. <laughs> there is a middle ground with that too, where it's like we need them to go into the dungeon, right? Like they need to go into the dungeon, but the players want to go and try and like work this out in town or whatever. So you have them do that. But like, you are the person who writes the other characters who are not them. Right. So you can just have all the care. You can let them go back into town, speak to whoever they want to, and just have all those people be stubborn assholes. Right. Until eventually they're left with no other choice, but to go to the dungeon. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is called being not very fun. <laughs> but it's a thing you can do that is a middle ground, right? Like Yes. yes. <laughs> it's called being a piece of shit. It it allows um, them their choice while also getting to the stuff that you know you spent two hours before the game preparing. <laughs> yeah. Um that's that's why uh old school D D, the the first few editions for the the GM's book was just list after list after list of random tables. <laughs> and like the the modern modern ones still do. Like they still have all right, you need to roll for treasure. Is it a lot of treasure or a little bit of treasure? You you roll for that. Is it uh good treasure or bad treasure? You roll for that. Um all right, cool. So you need this many good, this many bad, this many awesome treasures. And then you go to those tables and you roll those tables to find, you know, a D100 or a D20 that'll say... You got a pair of magic boots. Yeah. That's... And and that's hugely helpful for that sort of thing. But they've done away with a lot of the other tables because they expect GMs to be the way they are now and uh, have worked out everything ahead of time. Because they're authors and they want to tell their story. Right. Um, whereas uh, in old school versions, it, there were <laughs> there were tables for literally everything. So you could you you would walk into a room and you could you could spend a few minutes to be like, "There's three doors. Uh, one's on the east. One's on the west. One's up." Um, the Sto- uh, the floor looks like you roll that. Um, okay, uh, the the floor looks like it's stone. All right, I need to keep a note to myself that there's a trap in this room. Roll. There's two enemies in front of you. You roll those tables. Find out what those are. You roll those. Find out what their weapons are like. Like every single portion of the game. Right. I'm gonna could be rolled out. I'm gonna tell you why this and, changed, and- John. It's because, like, fucking (laughs) five people in any given town would play the game in that state. (laughs) And nowadays, tons of people play the game. Way more people play the game with the tables gone. (laughs) 
Uh, there's a huge movement now going backwards. Yeah, there, there is, there's a, there are large, large percentages of people that play old school games, whether it's first edition D and D or zeroth edition D and D, or the at least 150 on itch.io modern recreations of old school styles. Right. Uh, in fact, m- one of my one of the the best games of um, tabletop that I've ever played was a game called HQ RPG, which uh, the other two people that played it uh, keep asking me when we can go back to play that. <laughs> I still have the 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 character sheets for that because they still want to go back to that and play it, and it's. A super low fantasy, like <laughs> really, really gritty, and there's not a whole lot happening there. Old school role playing game because the way the game is set up is such that you, you the the tables are there so you can't railroad it's it's if you're if you're playing the game correctly if you're following the the way it's designed to be played it's designed in such a way that you build um the world as you go and you also build your bond with the world as you go you're you're making characters and as that happens you actually care about the characters more than the character that you wrote up the other day because you thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> it's it works really well for that. But anyways, this has been a really long digression. Yeah. Um, All to say so, that you hate Matt Mercer. Uh, I don't like a lot of what Matt Mercer has done for D&D. <laughs> there are some good things. There are some bad things. Um... But I, I, I won't say I hate him. <laughs> I have no opinion on his critical role shit. I like him as a voice actor. Yeah, I've, I've, I actually have never watched Critical Role. Well, no, that's not true. I have watched Critical Role. Uh, I've watched a couple episodes of that, and I didn't really enjoy it. I don't even know whether that's um, an actual play or the whatever the other term is podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I did did watch him run a game for Stephen Colbert for I think it was Red Nose Day for Britain. It was a the Red Nose charity, um, and that was really good. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, it's this is a uh, Iron Sworn is a, a really fun solo or co op RPG that. Um, is all about vows. So the 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 main way you progress as a character is you you swear an iron vow and you work towards accomplishing that. And once you finish your vow, you get XP and you, you move on. But but all of the story is based off of you swear upon a, a piece of iron that you are going to accomplish something, whether that's um 
my character uh, came back from the dead and now wants to figure out why and how they came back from the dead. Because not only do they remember dying, but they remember being dead. Oh, Buffy style. So they style. want to figure out what the fuck that was. Because, <laughs> um, like, they, they were dead for a while and they remember that. Um, also, uh, the people that killed them came through the town and killed a whole bunch of other people and that's another vow they made is uh, I vow to take care of those the the people that came through and killed everyone so uh, both of those vows you know are, are are things that drive my character and the the background vow of like how the fuck did I come back to life um, is just something to keep in the background of like maybe when this thing comes up I can find some bit of information that will lead me on that way, but I'm not even expecting to necessarily finish that vow. Um, but the more pressing one of there are enemies out there to be killed is something that we're actively working towards of, we need to go find these people before they destroy other villages. So do you get rewarded for completing a vow? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you, you get XP, which you can use to upgrade your assets. So, <clears throat> the game, that you, you have a few stats. Um, you have a few, like, moving stats, like your health and your spirit is mental health, basically. Um, and how much supply you have. How well supplied you are. Um, you don't strictly have... You're not keeping track of your inventory the same way in other games. Like, you don't have to... <laughs> I used one ration today. <laughs> I only have three remaining. I need to go into town. You can go that nitty-gritty, but it's not necessary. Um, uh, the If you need something, you can roll to see whether or not you would have it. Uh, and if you have it, maybe it's broken. Like it, it's it's there's a lot of table rolling, um, but it's pretty fast. Um, Love rolling tables. Uh, outside of that, <laughs> outside of that, there's um, the there's assets, and assets are are on cards that you you can print out and or even buy if you want to. Um, and there are things like your path um which is sort of like a class i was about to say so kristen's character is is an herbalist is her path um uh, i have a path that is revenant which is i came back to to life and <laughs> i am undead it, 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 yeah so it, it means that you know i can i can do certain things with that that just you know i i have more ability to talk to the dead and uh then there's combat um tactics that are like you you're just expected to be somewhat good at combat just in general because of the setting um think of it as kind of like the witcher and that there's just there's just constantly shit happening and like there's monsters and people die and it's it's a terrible land there's disease everywhere um so you're expected to be a pretty good uh, fighter regardless. But you can have combat talents which are 
above and beyond that. They're they're like you are you're not just a good archer, you're a great archer. Like you're a marksman sort of archer. And these uh assets give you extra mechanical benefits on top of just being able to use a bow. Um there's companions. So I have a little raven that follows me and also um that speaks cute. to me of the dead. Uh, that's so, less cute. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh there's also the the last little thing is um rituals which are basically magic spells. So each one of these assets has multiple things on it. You some of them are just like the this is the default one and then you can upgrade to get the other ones on it. Some of them are you get to pick which one you want, but then you can upgrade to get the other ones too. So those are the things that when you get XP, you can spend it to upgrade those or to get new ones. So that's how you, you improve your character. Um, but we played it for, I think, like four hours the other night, which was way too long because we we ended up like going an hour past our bedtime and the only reason we stopped was <laughs> straight up because the power went out. Wow. <laughs> and we were like, oh shit, the power went out. Y'all got huh. addicted. It's pretty windy outside. And then we looked at our watches and we're like, oh yeah, we didn't eat dinner and it's now an hour past bedtime. We should go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Going to bed hungry. Um, yeah. Too much. But Tabletop. <laughs> Also, uh, my phone was at 9% and the power's still out. Power came back the next morning at like 4.30. Wow. Which was uh, an hour before I had to go to work. So, yay. But, love the game. You have to go to work uh, at 5.30? We'll... Yeah. In the morning? <laughs> yeah. Dude, fuck that. What the fuck? I thought you worked at, like, a supermarket or some shit. Uh-huh, yeah. 5.30? Those guys get there early and set stuff up. Ugh. Yeah. Why does it have to be you, though? <laughs> uh... Couldn't so, be me. The other game we played is our mutual mobile game, Magic Survival. Okay. <coughs> I forgot about this, yep. Yeah, um, this is... It's Vampire Survivor's this Light. This is Vampire Survival... Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It doesn't have the same satisfaction... No. ...as Vampire Survival's. It's it's not as well... Cra like, as finely crafted. Because Vampire Survivor's, as we've talked about recently, is is very precise about your power leveling like you every step of the way is a different feeling and it's the right amount of time for each feeling yeah it's got it, like, it's got a very you're either going to you're either going to die and and then you'll be done or you're going to get strong enough that 
you start like feeling a little better and then oh things get really hard so it's real tough for a bit but then it's just enough time for you to get real get better and then you can really start taking care of that stuff and and then on and on until the perfect amount of time you are a god amongst zombies you are destroying everything and then it's over and you're done you're like that's great i love that it's a perfect three-act structure Right, I want to talk about vampire yes. survivors another minute. It's it's a it's a perfect three act structure. The first ten minutes, you are suffering. Like each second that you yeah. stay alive is a fucking miracle. Then the next ten minutes, if you survive past the ten minute mark, the next ten minutes is like you're struggling here and there, but you're building yourself up. The 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 core concept of your character is coming together, right? And if you can survive past the 20-minute mark, then you are a god for the next 10 minutes. Nobody dies at minute 25 in Vampire Survivors. No. No, like, no absolutely not. Like, that does not happen. If you make it to minute if 20, you, you to make 25? it to minute 30. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But making it to minute 10 um, does not mean you will make it to minute 20. No, and and there's in doing that you're you're not just like getting ten to twenty is not just let's let's grab everything and then I can get there. It's it's also like you it's teaching you each time you get from like you get from ten minutes to twelve minutes and you you die, and then you start over and you get from ten minutes to thirteen minutes because you you learned that getting these two things together really works well. Right. And then you get from 10 minutes to 15 minutes because you like you, you were focusing on getting things that works for you. And then 10 minutes to 18 minutes and, and you're, you're, you're setting it all up together. Right. And I uh, just didn't, you didn't get the right stuff. 10 minutes to 20 minutes. You've gotten it. Yes. From then on you, you win. Yeah. Like it, it, it's all this about game, figuring things, how things work together and stuff. Anyway, Magic Survival yeah. doesn't really have that. No, it really doesn't. Um, I think I technically haven't beaten any levels. Uh, it looks like the first one's six minutes. Uh, and no, I, I it is not. I like five minute 58 seconds. It's 15 minutes. It's 15? Yeah, okay. so, Maybe so it pauses at six minutes six. to do like a big okay. horde thing, right? It's like a boss horde. Okay. Um, and then it keeps going and there's like three of those boss hordes. So I did, I did beat the first map. Um, okay. And then I stopped. Tell me about it. (laughs) I I mean, it's basically that like, like you, you're building up your magic spells, which are all functionally the same. Like, like, yeah, none of them quite feel different enough from each other except for one that's like it's like an emf field around your character that one was kind of cool oh yeah that one that one was was nice i mean it's basically the garlic right like that's what it is yeah but all, all the others are basically just shoot projectile um yeah in in various forms it's, uh, this one's a homing one. This one's a targeted one. This one's just a spray of things in a direction. There's one that this like one shoots out from you and time. then comes back. 
Yeah, there's there's boomerangy ones. There's there's piercing ones. There's just ones that put random electricity out on the field, sort of like the um, uh, holy water. But yeah, it it took me two tries to beat the six minute boss horde, and then I I, I cleared the map. Um, if you can make it past okay. the six minute boss horde, then you can clear the map. Like it, it does not okay. get significantly harder and you just get progressively stronger. Um, okay. It, it's just not a very interesting game. And it's another one yeah. where your fucking joystick is the screen and you just have your fat fucking I, thumb in the middle of the I, screen I say, blocking half the screen. I am not as much a uh, a hater of the on-screen joystick as you. I are. understand. However, this is a dog shit joystick. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible, and like the the fact that it doesn't have bounds, so like you can place it on the edge of the screen, and then you just can't go in that direction anymore. Right. Like like if you put your thumb on the right side of the screen, you can only go left, up or down. You you can never go right. Yeah, no, so you have to put and it in the middle like of the re, screen. Re, yeah. Um it it should automatically like force itself to be like at least on the bounds of the screen. Yeah. But because it's um, it needs to be in the middle of the <laughs> screen for you to operate it properly. My fat fucking thumb was fu- covering half the screen every uh, the the entire time I was playing. <laughs> uh huh. And like the only thing that changed was which half, depending on which direction I was moving. <laughs> yep yeah, this this game would strongly be helped by a better joystick. Yeah. Uh, I just across the board. It was it was a very. It was a giant joystick that was hard to place that also was very, like, you had to go, there there was, it was, it was zero, one, and ten. <laughs> like, those, those were the, the levels of it, was zero, one, and ten, and Everything was one until you got to ten. <laughs> so you're it, it's it's a it's a terrible joystick. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's not really a bad game so much as it is just a this doesn't need to exist game. It, it needs to be better. Yeah. Is what it is. I mean it's just like in a world with vampire survivors, you have to justify why you exist, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And Magic Survival didn't really. Game facts! The facts about the Robotron 2084. Man, that's a mouthful. Not really. Robotron 2084 is a top-down twin-stick shooter designed by Eugene Jarvis and Larry DeMar at VidKids and published by Williams Electronics for Arcade, Apple II, BBC Micro, Commodore 64, Lynx, PC, Vic20, Atari's... 
Ataris 8 bit. 5200, 7800, and ST. I love those names. We're back to the awesome names again. Eugene uh-huh. Jarvis, Larry DeMar. DeMar is a good, like, it's it's short, but it's got the, like, Larry Marr wouldn't be good. No, but DeMar. Larry DeMar? Yeah. Yeah. It's got the punch, yeah. right? The duh uh-huh. comes in like a punch. And then you get the yeah, mar, you, which like, you can write out, you know? Like, like prefixes are always good, but it's even better when it's when it's short. Like, like O'Shaughnessy is great, but, like, if you can if you can pop that down to just a little thing, like Damar, yeah. Yeah. Just That's good. Beautiful. And then Eugene Jarvis, two first names, come <laughs> on. <laughs> uh-huh. what a first name to have <laughs> what a first name Jarvis <laughs> oh I thought you were talking about Eugene no Jarvis is a first no. name uh uh-huh. yeah. there's a, no. no there's a YouTuber Jarvis Johnson yeah I, I know okay I'm just saying like like Jarvis is like such a name <laughs> <laughs> uh Tony Stark named his computer that. Yeah, Jarvis and Jeeves, like both of those. There's nobody really named Jeeves, though. Uh huh. Sure, that's what you think. <laughs> Show me one person named Jeeves. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll do that. Keep going. In Robotron 2084, you play as a superpowered, genetically engineered mutant who must use their laser to fight back against the evil Robotrons who have turned against their masters and save the last remaining human family. There's only one? Yeah. There's only one family left? Yeah. Oh, then don't bother. We're functionally extinct. What's the point of that? (laughs) Set in the year 2084, man finally created a new species. Super cyborgs that are so advanced that man is inferior to his own creation. The Robotrons conclude that the inefficient human race must be exterminated. This in itself doesn't necessarily prove them to be super advanced, as most people, if they stop and actually think for a few minutes, can come to the same obvious conclusion. We 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 are a blight upon this world. Um, uh-huh. I hate to use him as like a as a reference to anything, but <clears throat> there's a thing. That Joe Rogan once said, because okay, <laughs> no, uh, r- roll with me here, okay. So Joe okay. R- Joe Rogan yeah. likes to get up in helicopters and l- like look down upon the world. That's a thing that he does, and he's yeah. he's noted before that when you're up high in the sky and you're looking down, then like the Earth looks like a an organism. And cities look like 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 blighted organs, right? Like just diseased organs, and then the highways look like fucking ar- arteries and shit, right? 
And like yeah. we did that. Humanity did that. Humanity created those blighted organs. So maybe we should just uh-huh. stop. <laughs> maybe just let Earth reclaim it. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. <laughs> the game was inspired by George Orwell's 1984, obviously, Defender, Berserk, and a car crash. The two developers really enjoyed Berserk, a stern electronic single stick shooter that was hugely popular for its time. Not the not the manga. Not the manga. And wanted to make Probably something well similar. before the manga. It would definitely be long before the manga was ever even yeah, a probably. twinkle in the author's eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Long before the manga. How long are we talking? Two decades? So, so Berserk, spelled with an S, the manga. Yeah. Came out in 1989. Berserk the game spelled with a Z came out in 1980. Okay, so only a decade before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only a decade. I mean, my guess was 2, so It's true. <clears throat> However, Jarvis had been in a car accident and his right hand was still in a cast during development which prevented him from using the traditional joystick with button control scheme. So they switched to two joysticks, one for moving, one for shooting in a direction. The game's... So how long are you going to keep this up? Oh, until until we get to the end. You know? Okay. It, it, It is hurting my voice. I will let you know that. But I have a bottle... Yeah, no, I can, t- I can tell them. I have a bottle of water here. We're going to make it to the end. Okay. (laughs) The game seemed to lack something, though, and they looked to Orwell for a plot, making their future dark and dystopian, and pushing it another hundred years into the future, since the world didn't seem to them to match the state of the book, despite being only two years away. Also showing a complete misunderstanding of the real fruit of the book, it originally being titled 1948. They also looked to their last game, Defender, for a theme, so that players were not just shooting enemies until they got bored, but also hunting for humans to save them as well. Um, so about the book. Yeah. Like... I think there's a problem in humans' brains where we just don't know how to recognize, like, metaphor or allegory, things like that, right? Like, yeah. when, when he wrote 1948 or 1984, and, like, I mean, like, the title, when he decided to title it that, right? He did not. <clears throat> It, the the publishers changed the title for him. They, oh. they forced the title on him. That was not the title he wanted at all. He wanted 1948, and they're like, no, uh-uh, we'll, we'll swap that around. It'll be 1984. Either way, it's not supposed to be, like, 
an actual representation of the future, right? Like, whether it was 1948 or 1984 that it took place, it was not saying this is what that year will look like. It is a metaphor for how society currently treats people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he... he he released it in 1947. Right. Well, he it, he wrote it in 1947. It was released in 1948. It was just him saying, this is what I see the world as right now. Right. This is a um, metaphor for how I view the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, And for some reason, we keep saying, like, <laughs> about all of this future stuff. Like, oh, the future looks nothing like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not the point. <laughs> but um, Back to the Future gets this a lot, too. Honestly, because it's a little fun, right? But because it is a movie yeah. and you're able to look at it and be like, oh, yeah. we're in the future and we don't have cars powered by trash or flying cars or shoes that grip to our feet perfectly, you know? But, like, that was never the point of the future sequence of Back to the Future. Uh, Honestly, the future sequence of Back to the Future is extraordinarily bleak, right? Like... Uh Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, it is a cluttered clusterfuck uh, of just capitalism. Just raw capitalism. Fucking Michael J. Yep. Fox's character sitting in front of a wall of like 30 TV screens, all playing something different. Just raw consumerism, you know? Yep. <laughs> That's the point you're supposed yep. to get from the 2015 segment. And if you look at it like that, 2015 did look a lot like Back to the Future. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> God, I wish we just had brains more wired for metaphor and shit. It'd be nice. (laughs) Side fact. Defender had a sequel titled most places as Stargate. And others, for legal reasons, obviously, were renamed to Defender 2. But it's not the reason you think. The game actually just used the alternate name to keep the rights to the Defender IP, since the game came out a full 13 years before the Stargate movie was released. I love that you said obviously thank you so much for saying obviously <laughs> and, and, and then because you this, immediately this disproved was a trap it for you yeah <laughs> um stargate is another one of those things that i kind of i love stargate i kind of wish it never came around because i listen to podcasts about fucking weirdos right you know like obviously the the alex jones podcast thing yeah but also just, like, weird space nuts. And they're all obsessed 
with Stargates. Like, aliens are battling on uh, on Earth's soil because a Stargate appeared there or whatever, right? Like, that that's what these people legitimately think. And I just wish that the word Stargate had never come into public consciousness. Because I know for a fact that they're only talking about fucking Stargates because of the movie and TV show. If they weren't talking about the word Stargate, they would be talking about something different. The The concept of, of aliens secretly fighting from within um, is incredibly old. I I understand like, like, that. Like, really fucking old. But, like, I love I mean, Stargate SG-1, and it think. pisses me off every time they're saying the raptors were fighting over Stargates. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what the Battle of the Falklands was about. <laughs> I hate it. I like how you you dislike the name Stargate because of imbeciles. <laughs> like, like just because of straight up imbeciles that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> It's, like it's, little little Bobby fuckwit down the street is, is all talking about his his Stargate shit about like the Falkland Islands and all that, and you're like, man, damn you, Stargate for having such hold a on, cool name. Hold on, the other day, the other day, Alex Jones was on the fucking Jimmy Dore show, and he's trying to blow Jimmy Dore's fucking mind by using a piece of paper, and he's talking about space, and he's like, when well, you want to be on this side of the the galaxy and then you need to get to that other side the easiest way oh, to get you there a tesseract? It, <laughs> the easiest way to get yeah. there is to you, you fold the paper in half and then look the two sides touch <laughs> yeah. and it's like yes I've heard of a wormhole before thank you Alex Jones <laughs> yeah, that is that is the standard understanding for 30 plus years you are not blowing anybody's mind with this shit no <laughs> no oh uh, let's see when was a wrinkle in time oh fuck the book. what was the voice I was doing 1962 was uh, the first book that I read that had that theory of wormhole in it. And at that time, it was not new. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, like, it's been a thing in pulpy science fiction novels for a while. And those were all written in, like, the 40s. <laughs> yeah. While not the first game to feature two joysticks, I found the voice again, it was by far the most popular selling around 19,000 arcade cabinets, plus an unknown number of mini cabinets and cocktail cabinet versions. It blasted the dual joystick control scheme, as well as high action reflex based games to the forefront, and still contributes to the gaming landscape today. And that was just the facts. And that was the end of the podcast, because... So that popularized we... uh, the dual joystick controllers, then. It did. It's the reason yeah. why we have dual sense. Yeah. I mean, again, they existed before then, right. but 
nobody really used them. Nobody knew what to do with them for some stupid reason. I mean, you don't have to be the first to so. do something. You just have to be the one who did it popularly. Right. Yeah. Not even right. Like, like a lot of things have come out of things being done wrong, but a lot of people interacted with it, so it became a thing, right? Like... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're saying the podcast right. is over? I am, because it's been two hours. Oh, that's... So, we're, we're, we're done. That's fine. Um, I need to go get some food in me. Uh, we'll see you next time for another really long podcast, because we will be talking about the new anime this season, and there's many. Hold on. There's a, there's a lot of them. I actually need to say something here, because this is the first time it's ever happened, and might be the last time it ever happens, but... I think I actually have more in my side, like, of the so the ones that only I'm watching, than you have on yours of only you're watching. Is Witch and Beast a separate, like, are, are these three separate things? Those are three separate shows. Th then we have the same number. We have the same number? Gotcha. Th that's still the first time that's ever happened. And... And I could steal one from you easily. <laughs> you could steal one from me? Uh, is it Mashal? Uh, no, because I'm still not caught up on season one. But uh, oh, I know this is on Crunchyroll. I could watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should You should watch this one. It's just porn. It's just porn? It's, it's just, I think I'm okay. It's just porn. I think I'm all right. I'm it's, watching it's, just it's porn. Just, it's, just, it's just straight up uncensored porn it's completely uncensored. oh wait it's uncensored i, I need to repeat i'm still it's not gonna uncensored. watch it don't sell me it's on uncensored. it's uncensored <laughs> it's uncensored anyways uh, is it on crunchyroll yeah, we'll we'll, uh no it's on high dive oh <laughs> uh, um, well i'm not watching it <laughs> we'll be we'll be watching and talking about the new anime this season which uh appears to be most of the new anime this season despite <laughs> the the length of how many new anime there are, as well as we will be reading SAO Progressive Book 5. God, I guess I have to go so, get that. I think you should. Fuck my life. Uh-huh. Fuck your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see y'all next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.